Hello, this is Luke, Noah, and Connor from Harding Middle School. We are here with Mr. Thomas at the Western Reserve Distillery talking about how math is used in business. Mr. Thomas, can you describe your business and what your role is? So our business is we produce spirits, which are alcohol, for the great state of Ohio, and we also are now in a whole bunch of other states as well. Uh, one thing that was really great about us being a distillery, being small, was that when the pandemic hit, we were able to switch everything we do here to start making hand sanitizer. So we were able to supply the fire stations, the police, hospitals, and even the public libraries with hand sanitizer so that they could make sure they were safe out in the community and we could make sure we were doing that here. And still today, we're selling hand sanitizer as well. I am the assistant distiller here, so it is my job to make the product. But I am also a family-run business, and I am the son of the owners, and so I wear a lot of different hats. I handle making, doing little payments, cleaning, which I've been doing for two days, and it was really sweaty and a lot of work, um, and pretty much any other little thing that comes up that hopefully I'd be able to take care of. Okay. How do you calculate how much ingredients to buy each month? So when we came up with a recipe, for what we wanted to do. So say we wanted to, we were getting ready to make hand sanitizer. Now for hand sanitizer, you need to make something called ethanol. Ethanol's base is made from corn grain. So in order to know how much of that I needed, we started with the size of our equipment. So I have a very large mash tank, which is 6,000 liters. And then I have fermenters, which you have to let the mash kind of sit for several days until it's fully converted and able to be turned into an ethanol. And that has to be about seven days, and each side of those fermenters is 3,000 liters, so half of that matching. And then the final process of it all is distillation to create from that grain the actual ethanol that comes off, and that's called a still, which is why we're a distillery, and it, that is also 3,000 liters of size of the fermenter. So when we come up with the mash, we want to make sure that when we put in water, because we're not just using grain, we have to mix it in with water as well. We want to make sure that we just don't have dry grains floating around, but we want to make sure we don't have something like a really thick oatmeal. Like if you ever made oatmeal and you overwater and it doesn't taste very good and it's super thin, that's kind of what we're trying to make is a really watery oatmeal. So what we did was we took the volume of our mash tank of 6,000 liters and we determined based off of that a weight of grain that would fit for that volume wise. So for every 6,000 liters I have, I do 2,000 pounds, which volumetrically can equal about 2,000 liters, and I have 4,000 liters of water. So therefore that four to two, I have an 80% to a 20% or a 60% to a 40% creation to be able to make that ethanol. Okay. Um, how do you figure out how much each product is priced? Uh, that's usually on the people who we get from, because we don't grow our own grain. I don't have a field of corn in the back for us to go from there. Um, so when it comes to our cost to purchase things, it varies on who you're getting it from. So one thing we're really proud about with the equipment and stuff we do is we're 100% organic. Uh, do you guys know what that means? Yeah. Okay. Um, so by going organic, we feel that it's much better for the earth. We're able to keep it really sustainable. Um, and we even have our, uh, our farmer as locals. So we can make sure we're staying in Ohio and we're supporting other local businesses. And he basically tells us how much it's going to cost. Now for him, that could change seasonally. 
if he has a really cold winter, his ground isn't going to go to grain as well, so he's not going to have as much corn to sell. That may cause him to raise his his corn from 35 cents a pound to 50 cents a pound, which then changes that for the cost. Water is generally a baseline thing that's handled by the city. When it comes to us charging prices for our things, for example, the hand sanitizer, uh, for the hand sanitizer, we weren't looking to make much of a profit. We just really wanted to serve our community. So the biggest goal was how can we make sure that what we spend on our ingredients, we can charge based off of the product so that we kind of even out to the point where we can continue to produce. And for that, we have to charge based off of how much grain might be inside that one gallon bottle, how much glycerin's in that bottle, how much hydrogen peroxide, and then also the bottle itself, the caps, and the labels, they all have a price. Okay. Do you organize your products in certain groups? Like products and them? Sorry, what was the last word? Like the products in them. Uh, we do. So since we create spirits outside of hand sanitizer, there's a whole range of them. From there's a whole bunch of different types of whiskeys, and then there's rums, and then there's tequilas, and you've got vodkas and gins. So we try to make sure the spirits that are clear, which would be vodka and gin and rum, they kind of stay together, and then our whiskeys we keep together as well. And whiskeys are also aged to different years. So I have some that are four, some that are eight, some that are 14. And so we'll make sure we kind of go those from like left to right, if you're looking at a shelf, those increments of ages going up. How has COVID affected your business strategy? <laughs> Uh, the way it affected our business strategy effectively was fear at first. Being a small business, we weren't sure how people being quarantined and staying at home was really going to impact our business. Um, luckily for us, unlike some, while our restaurant did falter and we weren't able to have a lot of business on that side, people, people were still coming in to buy our spiritus products. But then that was also a big reason for us to pivot and start doing hand sanitizer. So then we could just make sure we help keep ourselves afloat, kept ourselves busy so we were able to do things all the time and not have to kind of stay at home. And we're a really small business. Like I said, it's family run. So it's my mother, my father, myself, my friend, Tony, and we brought in a couple of other employees to help with the production of hand sanitizer. So we really only had about six to seven people here. So we were able to maintain social distancing, wearing our masks. And since we were making hand sanitizer, it made it very easy for us to make sure we kept our equipment and everything wiped down and wore gloves and, and made sure we didn't have to worry about that. So honestly, we were a lot luckier than a lot of companies. But if it wasn't for the skill set and the job that we have of working with grains to of creating ethanol, it would have been a much bigger struggle for us to do. Um, what is the average amount of customers you serve weekly? Oh gosh, that's a really good question. I wasn't ready for that. Um, it varies, especially because we don't just deal with things here. Um, we're all throughout the state of Ohio. You can find our products in Giant Eagle down the street. You can find our products in California and in Kentucky right now. So I would say here, we probably serve over 200 customers just on our products itself, not including the restaurant. Oh yeah, that's, oops, that I hit stop. 
If we didn't, we would have lost. Yeah, you really thought this through. That was that was good. That was good. Well done. Has opening stores in other areas affected your business strategy? Um, so we haven't ever opened any stores in other areas. We get our products into other stores, like different liquor stores and bars and restaurants. Um, but we really just focus on the location that we're in right now and just make sure that we kind of have that as our loan business. My parents do have a dream of retiring in Florida and opening another store down there while we're left behind in Ohio in the cold to, uh, to keep producing and doing everything and they get to sit on the beach and just have a small little store for them to sell some of our products. But outside of that, we are expanding in that sort of way, just on where we send our products. What does success look like for your business? Um, success for our business looks like us being very, very busy, to be honest. Success really comes down to numbers. We are able to see and track things through a computer software system that lets us know how much we're saving. Uh, sorry, how much we're selling, saving the goodness. Um, the best thing for us is we know we're doing well when we have to work harder and do more. So say when we first started, we only had a couple of products that we were making and we didn't sell a whole lot. Say we, say we sold across the entire state two cases a month. Now we're at a point with those same products where we're selling about 10 cases a month and it continues to build. And as we add products to our business and we see those ramping up, that changes me from bottling from one hour on a Tuesday and then not doing it again for a month to me bottling for eight hours an entire week for three weeks straight. What kind of hand sanitizer do you usually sell the most? We only have the one kind of hand sanitizer and it is what was approved what was brought down by the CDC guidelines for what we were able to do. So we have an entire drug facts list that we were able to pull from the CDC website and we followed their recipe exactly. So it's an alcohol antiseptic, 80% topical solution hand sanitizer. How do you calculate the rent needed for this business building? I'm sorry? How do you calculate the rent needed for the business for this building? Uh, so the building we actually own. Um, so that one was pretty simple for us. Uh, we kind of, we were looking for places and we were considering renting for quite a while, but this building had been for sale for a long time. This building, we're actually standing in something that's over a hundred years old and it used to be used for moving in stores. So they used to hold filing boxes for companies, people's couches, little things like that. But they ended up growing really fast and building a bigger company. We found them, it fit our needs perfectly for the size and the storage and what we do. And so we were able to buy it from them. And one of the beautiful things was that was a family run business. They had been doing it for a hundred years and they'd been really hesitant to sell it to anybody for a long time. But when they saw that a new younger family wanted to come in and kind of carry on their family dream, they were really agreeable and really happy to work with us and let us kind of take over the building. From them. Um, do you use any certain questions to help you calculate the number of products you can fit in your store? Uh, we have in the past. It really depends. So we build our shelves specifically. And so when we build the shelves that we have, so the room you guys all walked in through, you would have seen that behind where I was standing, there was a big wrap wall with a whole bunch of stuff on the wall. And then even what we walked along had a whole bunch of storage as well. We even just added in those new shelves that we ended up walking past together. And so what we basically decided was we wanted to have three bottles deep, three to four bottles deep. 
So what we did before we bought the wood and cut the wood to our specification, we took three bottles, we measured how long they were across, how wide they would be, and two across. And then we decided based off of the measurement and length of the wall that we were using, how deep to make those shelves and how wide to make them. And then also we had to take into account how strong we needed a bracket to be and how thick we needed the wood to be because when these are full, they're very heavy. So six of these together weighs 33 pounds. And on that shelf, we probably have closer to 50 bottles sitting on a shelf. So we had to take that 50, multiply it by 33, and make sure we were stable enough that that shelf doesn't collapse and break anything else that's underneath. Can you give any other examples of how you use math in your business? Yes, and this is one I really took a whole bunch of notes on. One thing that's super interesting and was really cool about making hand sanitizer that was different from producing the other spirits, because there is math involved with spirits, it comes off as something that's called a very high proof, but it's out of a percentage of 100% of an alcohol base. We want to sell something that's much lower than that, and the way to do that is you combine it with water. So you need to know what volume of water you're going to be adding based off of the volume of spirit you have to prove it down. So as you can see on here, it says 80% for the alcohol antiseptic. That means that the ethanol that's in here is 80% alcohol strong, not 100%. So initially, we would run off our distillation, which was closer to 95% alcohol, and we added a volume of water. So if I had about 300 liters of this spirit at 95%, I had to get it down to 80%. We were adding in about 450 liters of water to get it down to that proof. But with sanitizer, that was much more interesting than spirits because with spirits, you just add your water and you put it into a bottle. With this, we actually had to put in other ingredients. So there's three ingredients that we use to make the hand sanitizer. It is hydrogen peroxide, the uh, food-grade glycerin, and then also the alcohol that we have in here. So when we did a batch of our hand sanitizer, our total volume was 112.52 liters. And that's our 100% margin of this all together with all three of those ingredients in. So then I knew that I needed to put in 4.79 liters of my hydrogen peroxide, 1.67 of glycerin, and those equal to 1.48% for the glycerin and 4.25% for the hydrogen peroxide. So if I wanted to do a batch volume of, like I said before, about 300 liters, or even in some cases we were doing 800 liters at a time, I also I would basically take that 800 liters that I had and I would multiply it by that 4.25% and then find out exactly what volume of, of hydrogen peroxide I then needed to add. And so then we would fold it all in, we stir it up, and then we just had to know what the volume of a gallon was. And we calculated that by converting the volume to weight so then we could weigh what one gallon of hand sanitizer would weigh. And therefore we reached our, our, our amount of one gallon. Thanks again for um spending time with us today. My pleasure. I've been seriously looking forward to this. I'm really excited and happy you guys are doing something so cool.